Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show, brought to you by Curry's PC World and GoPro. Today we're live in Miami. I mean, live is not a thing with podcasts, but we are here in Miami in our Airbnb in Little Havana, just off Cali Ocho. We've been at opening night tonight. We've been talking to all the big names. Opening night. So we'll be bringing you conversations with Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. Uh, we're Robert Salah, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers. We've got Bashar Breeland and Wes Welker coming up as well. Plus a little reflection on our first couple of days in Miami. Can't wait. This is The Gridiron Show, brought to you by Curry's PC World and GoPro. Hi, thank you. Welcome. You're listening to The Gridiron Show. That was very robotic and weird, wasn't it? <laughs> what just happened to me? I am shutting down and we're only on Monday. This is bad news, boys. <laughs> yeah, it's not good news. It's like, <laughs> I'm just riding with the Shea and Varane. Well, yeah. <laughs> right, Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, Matt Sherry, first podcast of Super Bowl week. We can mention the Shane Vereen moment earlier when we were talking about Shane Vereen catching 11 passes in uh, Super Bowl 49. And you were like, oh, I'm trying to remember if he played in the Super Bowl, the 2011 Super Bowl. With uh, the, I was like, if he played for the Giants after the Patriots, he like, just looked at me and stared at me blankly. I was like, he didn't play for the Giants before and after the Patriots. Like, no, for the Patriots in that same Super Bowl. <laughs> right, it was farcical. It took you so long to <laughs> figure it out. just didn't click. Didn't click for such a long time. Um, yeah, we are first day down of Radio Row and, and the stuff we've been doing this week. We've got so much cool stuff coming up over the coming days. But one thing we've got is one hell of a giveaway to bring you lucky people. You may well have noticed the name of the show changed a little bit at the top because we are working with Curry's PC World and GoPro. And if you buy any um, of the amazing GoPro action cameras online or in store at Curry's PC World between the 27th of January and the 3rd of February, that's the day after Super Bowl 54, you then get entered into the competition for a chance to win a seven-day break here to Miami, Florida with MVP travel, including flights, accommodation and transfers, staying at the brilliant Miami Marriott Biscayne Bay, a four-star hotel within reach of South Beach, and all for two. Trust me, we've already been in Miami 48 hours and you want to get here. It's a great city. Website prices and offers may vary, offers subject to availability, terms and conditions at curries.co.uk forward slash Super Bowl. One entry per receipt. Uh, you've got to be 18 and over, and it's UK residents only. Even so. the stars are using GoPro. Oh, Daniel Sorensen. Daniel Sorensen yeah. had one strapped to him, and uh, he said, I just want to capture it all so one day I can tell my kids. He said, he said, them the video. I think what he, actually said is, what he actually said is, well, I want to capture it so one day my kids will believe I played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs> like, Daniel, you can probably show them the game film. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit more accurate but than you playing in the Super Bowl. Hardly anyone was talking to him because he had it strapped to his front and the strap went over his number so no one knew who he was, luckily. He's one of my favourite Chiefs. I recognised him. And considering the playoff run he's had, I asked him all about the Texans play the uh, the fake punt and he just went down and distance suggested they might go for it uh situation suggested they really shouldn't but i saw my key i shut the guy down and i made the play <laughs> so yes danny you did and it was fantastic we'll hear that interview later on in the week oh yeah we will we, we, so we did loads of interviews tonight we spoke to a lot of players from both teams so we're going to kind of bring them out to you throughout the week over the coming days uh today we're going to hear from eric b the offensive coordinator 
of the Chiefs and Robert Sala, defensive coordinator, because I think that's a matchup this weekend that a lot of people are excited to see what Pat Mahomes and what the offense can scheme up against that 49ers defense. Plus, we'll go back to either side of the ball, we'll get Rashad Breland, cornerback of the uh, Chiefs, and Wes Welker, wide receivers coach of the 49ers, uh, all coming up for you on the show. What a show to start the week. Incredible. There's a lot of, lot of change going on there, wasn't there? What do you mean? Yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of going through what's going on. I like it. I just, you know, I like to make sure that people yeah. know what to expect from us. Yeah, Because yeah. otherwise it can just be disappointing, as you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. I don't like to let people down. That's very true. And yeah, you know what's often. Oh, come on. I don't mind. No need for that. I don't mind. Well, well, what are your initial thoughts of Miami so far? We're staying in Little Havana. Um, we've got, we get woken up by cockerels. Just, just random cockerels, just crowing. Did you see them this morning? Do they crow? Do they crow cockerels? Yeah, they, they were literally just out on the logs outside our house. Just How can they crow? Having a stroll around. Cockerels. Crows crow, don't they? There were a bunch of them in the don't in the bush, at the top of the bush yeah. earlier as we came out of the opening night as well. Just, just sat, just hanging out. Yeah, They're wonderful looking things as well. Chill out, Max, and relax. Pretty. You just I, that's something I didn't expect. That was so wistful for Molly. Really pretty. Not, not something I'd expect, but there's palm trees everywhere. That's great, mental. Great. It, we it, found a great place to knock out a Colombian coffee. We yeah. had a fantastic uh, Cubano sandwich and some oh, empanadas God, earlier so and, and some cracking mojitos. Yeah, all in all. Not before we were working. No, no, absolutely before we went to opening night. <laughs> and we're going there again tomorrow before the media party for more mojitos during happy hour. Opening night. Basically, we can recommend to you somewhere to go for mojitos if you're ever in Miami. It's well worth it. In fact, if you enter the GoPro competition and win the chance to go to Miami, then we can recommend to you a place to get potatoes. Miami was never, for some reason, that high on my list of US destinations. Don't you know why? Just not a place I thought I'm desperate to go. So good so far. I, I came with my family when I was probably about 15, 14, 15 years old. <sighs> and we've done like. But what was that for? Baby fur, have you will. It's classic one. No, but my point was going to be is that I didn't really Miami. enjoy Miami back then. Now, Miami's a very much a city to enjoy as an adult. Aspiration city. Mm. <laughs> it's like that, is it? <laughs> is that what you're going to mock me with? You're going to bring Train Man at me. Unbelievable. Um, Gav Man. But you guys just spent three or four days at the Pro Bowl before that. Yep. I think we're going to, we'll do a podcast after Super Bowl week with just all of that content. Yeah, or absolutely. a couple of them because you spoke to loads of good people out there. Yeah, it's always the best of, 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 I think, the interview opportunities that we get over the year. Um, the guys are generally quite relaxed because they're surrounded by Disneyland. Um, the season's done, so... Who was your favourite? Who was... Who was your Marlon favourite? Yeah, I mean, Josh is more than Josh Allen to me, but that was because of a personal connection and the fact that having done a nine-minute interview that didn't record, Josh Allen allowed him to do it again the next day, which is... What a guy. Is a, a really good guy. I'll tell you who's great, actually. Just, just sorry. Can I just be clear? Which Josh Allen? Not that I'm on the, the Bills quote. I couldn't be yeah, in the no. <laughs> Well, I'm just checking. <laughs> no, but I think a guy who consistently delivers really good answers and is just maybe the nicest guy I've ever interviewed is Cam Hayward oh. from, the, from the Steelers. Really good. I thought Chandler Jones was very good. Just just getting him talking about the Hall of Fame and he didn't shy away from it. He kind of said, look, I'm an NFL player. It's the thing, it's obviously the thing that 
I want to be in. Did you, well, tell, him, you, know, did you tell him that you don't think he does? No, absolutely not. No, he's a, he's a large human being. His brother is an unbeaten UFC fighter. I stayed away from the fact that you're shambles in the playoffs, Chandler. You don't deserve anywhere near the hole. Don't deserve to be anywhere near the hole. I quite like to chat with um, uh, with Jared Cook at Gridiron. Yeah, he was good. You can scroll back through our media. Jared Cook was really good, actually. Yeah. There, were, there were lots. I mean, Harrison Smith was great. That will be out later on in the week as we... we a ridiculous get-up, though, we was wearing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, ludicrous. <laughs> ludicrous, yeah. We've had a lot of other stuff breaking down the Super Bowl. It'll be out oh, later this great. week in partnership with with Beth Fred, so so people can see that. Um, there, there were lots. I mean, there were. it was just virtually everyone was good. I, I would say the one who was... Most monotone was probably Stefan Gilmore, but he's kind of always like that. But I think he gives some, some decent That's answers. because he's questions. a New England Patriot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're all kind yeah, of a little bit similar. Um, Devontae Adams was great. Devontae Adams is another extremely nice guy. Always incredibly generous with his time. Like, we watched him last year at the Pro Bowl as well, and he was just there right to the end. Same vibe this time. What did I you mean, getting one-on-one ones with these guys is... Yeah. It's cool. I mean, we're just talking now about should hopefully be interviewing Aaron Donald and Hollywood Brown tomorrow. And at the Super Bowl, you know, you get one, two, three of those in a week and you think, wow, we've had a really good week. Current players are really good, whereas at the Pro Bowl, you, I mean, if you did the three days, which unfortunately we couldn't this year, um, you can you can maybe get 15 um, good interviews. Let's talk opening night. Opening yep. night. I might have peaked on the week already. Saying that, we've got Antonio Gates on Friday, so yeah, that's the interview I'm maybe most excited I'm about. We've got Donovan McNabb. Now. Donovan McNabb, Donovan same day. It's good to be good, isn't Boy, it? Boy, it's going to be good. We might have to do an extra podcast just just for that stuff. Yeah. Um, we uh, so we went to opening night tonight. It was at the Marlin Stadium uh, again. It gets bigger and more ridiculous every year. But actually, I thought this year it was uh, the way that the stadium was set up meant that we had like a, a, a way. The fans weren't just up in the stands watching. They actually could come right down to the side. While we were chatting to Debo Samuel, there were a bunch of fan, uh, 49ers fans around the, uh, around the fence. Debo, Debo, giving it some of that, which you'll hear on the interview when, uh, when that goes out. Um, we started off with the Chiefs. We got out there. We managed to get in and get a, a few good interviews right off the bat. Very relaxed. Both teams were really relaxed. Like, there was no... I can remember sometimes when you've chatted to guys on the first day of the Super Bowl, you already get an impression that it maybe is going to be a bit overwhelming for them. And the thing is, is we've talked about this a lot with, with previous Super Bowls, is that there are some teams who, first time they get there, think about like the Broncos team with Peyton Manning. The first time they got there, even with guys like Peyton Manning there to be leaders, they just really, really kind of seemed to get overwhelmed by the occasion. Yeah, and once business. they got behind, they never were able to get back into it. Whereas this Super Bowl, you've got two teams who are both in it for the first time. Very little Super Bowl experience, certainly in the playing staff. None on the Chiefs and only, I think, three or four on the, the 49ers uh, who have been there before. Quite a bit on the coaching staffs of both teams. But yeah, just really, really relaxed, really ready to take in the situation. And it felt like they'd taken on the personalities of... You know, what Andy Reid and what the, maybe not Carl Shanahan, who might be the most intense human being in the history of time, but certainly you'll hear Robert Saller in a moment, is for a guy who we've watched on the sidelines screaming and pumping his fist and going absolutely nuts every time this year, is a really calm, laid back and, and lovely individual. And I just, both teams, I did that horrible thing that you do when you start chatting to players from a team where you're like, 
oh, I'm really rooting for them right now. No, I'm not. Wait, they're playing my team this weekend. But I did, like, particularly guys like Eric Bieniemy and Daniel Sorensen, I was like, oh, they're really good guys. It'll help you, in the, lo- it'll help you in the locker room if they lose. That was genuinely true with the Eagles game. Like, when, I mean, I, I, keep, I have told the story tonight even of Patrick Robinson crying on my shoulder for three minutes. I was like, well, yeah, I'm pretty happy for him. I'm disappointed, but I'm pretty happy for him. So, I think that helps. Um, we were delighted. I seem to remember... I might have this the complete opposite way around, but I seem to remember the Panthers also being incredibly relaxed, and I've never seen a team crumble so pathetically in a game as they did in yeah. Super Bowl 50. So I, so I always think, like, never read too much into those things, because it's very different on the Monday of opening night, you know, kind of feeling like you belong there, and, it's and such then a weird... getting on the field. And, and and after the week, I think the week takes its toll. You know, I've been in those interview sessions on a Friday, it's just a different vibe. Opening week, it's all new, It's this is fun, but, you know, these guys get paraded in front of the media every single day, and, and, I, and I just do think the intensity... I don't think we know right now whether the intensity of the week takes its toll because I'm not sure they're really aware of how intense it is yet. I think it's really interesting the way that it's set up and I know that it's set up that some one team has to do an early session one has to do a late session so that media can attend both. But the Chiefs are doing their media at 8am. Like the, the shuttles leave the media hotels at 6am. They're getting out of the way in the morning and then they're getting out and doing their training, having their practice, doing everything else that's along with that. And all of that has much less scrutiny, weirdly, than a normal... Because t- they just have the one pool reporter yeah. who goes along to those sessions. Whereas the 49ers, it's happening... And it's happening late on a couple of days. like Not until like 5, 6pm in the evening on a couple of the days. So... Very different kind of feel to what that could mean for the week, I reckon, a little bit. And uh, yeah, I, we've talked about it a lot, and we'll talk about the game a lot this week. It's the best matchup I think we could have had. It's fascinating on both sides of the ball. The more we talk to people who know a lot more than we do, I, I, get, I, I, get, <laughs> I get convinced one way or the other constantly. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure the only time I've ever changed my pick late was the Broncos mm-hmm. Panthers where I'd, I'd I actually Carolina. remember you doing that yeah um, but on this occasion I think I'll stick with my pick right now which is the 49ers the, um, it's interesting though I think the one thing said I was chatting to Jeff Reinbold today for, for a while just about his CFL season and he was talking to me about those the kind of cutthroat nature of these you know one and done the one-and-done system of football, you know, that doesn't exist. I mean, it's like, think about the Champions League last year. Barcelona beat Liverpool 4-1 at the new Camp. If it's one-and-done, Liverpool don't win the Champions League. And, you know, I wish that was the case. But the the seven-game NBA series, but you just don't get that in the NFL, do you? So the interesting thing to me is that I was looking back the other day and just kind of reanalyzing the seven, the six previous Super Bowls that I've been to and the, the teams going into it and I was thinking were they the best two teams in the league that season and the only one I could say for sure it was was the Patriots Arizona yeah it's absolutely. the one I always go to and I would probably say Atlanta New England was as well mm-hmm. Atlanta were really good that year it's easy to forget based on <laughs> We've got a Falcons fan in the room with us. But they were really they good. Are, good they, they are Maven Rich White, I mean, they, who's one of my favourite human beings in the world, but has just made the snarkiest face <laughs> I've ever seen in my life but, at the mention of the Falcons being a great team. You could argue both of those. <laughs> I, I don't think for the other ones, 
that's necessarily been the case. Like I would argue that maybe as much as the Seahawks were so good in that Super Bowl that the your Niners team was as good, if not better, than them that year. What about the Rams last year? I didn't think the Rams. I mean, last year I didn't think the Patriots were the best team in the AFC or, or the league. So, yeah. but whereas this year I, I I do think that I'd have put three teams way above the rest. Certainly by the time Week Seventeen was done, and that was these two and Baltimore. But I thought that the, the difference with these two, the Ravens can only win one way. And that was what we said all the year was yeah. what happens when they fall behind and, and what happened was they couldn't come back. Whereas both of these teams can win every which way now, especially when you look at how Kansas City's defence has improved. But I would just, if I was ranking every single facet, offence, defence, offence, defence, I think the weak link of those four is still the Chiefs' defence for whoa. that reason. Even whoa, though they've got better over the season, what about the special teams? systems really got going. I think you've got two good special teams. I think the special teams, teams are really good on both sides. Yeah, good punters both just, sides, good just kickers both sides. Out. Yeah. Very good kickers. Good returners, I mean, good, good gunners. Gould's kicked well in the playoffs, so yeah. he was a worry, but has looked back to his very best in the playoffs. Um, there's only one point I want to bring up from everything you've said there. How can you dislike the mentality monsters? Don't talk to me about It's just a little, uh, a little Easter egg. Maybe all the things I can just forget football exists. <laughs> Simon Clancy, if he listens in, uh, he won't listen. Right, should we get some of the interviews from opening night? Yep. Ollie, did you have any thoughts you wanted to share? Oh, I just enjoyed this, yeah. Sat there quite happy. I think, I think Ollie having, we, we forgot all the equipment, basically, back at Radio Row. So this might, the levels on this might be a bit weird. Because me and Ollie are using TV-style clip mics. <laughs> Which, which, I've, is, which I've clipped to my shirt. But I'm uh, feeling so, so relaxed. <laughs> I think Ollie keeps forgetting that he even has a microphone on him. Who knows what he's going to say yeah. coming up here. Rich Wyatt, will you get over yourself? So Rich, Rich Wyatt, Rich Wyatt who, those... who earlier said that we're his third favourite NFL podcast, but not if you include the fantasy ones, which I assume knocks us down to at least fifth or sixth. But for those who don't know, Rich Wyatt is the lowest of the low level in NFL PR. And... <laughs> Wow! <laughs> uh, no one's going to listen. Don't worry, Billy. <laughs> he isn't. He's a very talented. Uh, I think he said young man. He looks young. He's actually quite old. Slightly but, um, he's a very talented guy who is responsible for helping out the British he's, media. He he's a very good job. Stunning for his age. Oh, he's a beautiful man. And he has helped us so much over the last couple of years getting people, so huge fan. Anyway, let's get to some of those interviews that we've got today. We'll start off with the coordinators on the other side of the ball on that match that we talked about, the, uh, the 49ers defence against the Chiefs' offence. Let's hear first from Chiefs' offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. You faced the 49ers before in the Super Bowl. You were a member of the Chargers as a running back. Uh, is this kind of like a little re revenge game for you? <laughs> no revenge at all. That was a whole together different team. Now you can get Deion Sanders and Ken Norton Jr. and Ricky Waters and them back out there. Now that'll be revenge. <laughs> but I don't think any of us are going back out on that field. <laughs> it does feel like the 49ers bring a lot of those guys back into the organization though. So, you know, there'll be a lot of those guys here on Sunday, I'm sure. I'm sure they will, but I know one thing, they ain't putting a uniform on, thank God. <laughs> uh, Coach, can I ask you about, um, in terms of your blocking scheme, you guys tend to have trusted the linemen this year, not put a lot of chip blockers in, not left guys on the end. Does the talent on this 49ers defense force you to, to think about how you're going to prepare for that defensive front? Oh, yeah. Everything, we, we always say this, everything starts up front. So our offensive line knows the challenge that they have a lot, that they, they have ahead of them. 
Those guys get after the, uh, the quarterback. We want to make sure that our guys show up with the right temperament, the right frame of mindset, and making sure that our approach is one that we're going to be as physical as we need to be, but also understanding, hey, if I get beat one play, that's okay. We'll line up and play the next play, and I'll fight you for that play. And we're going to play to the echo of the end of the game, to the echo of that last whistle. So our guys, we know the challenge that lies ahead. We just want them to go out there and play hard and play fast. I know you've been asked a lot about this tonight already, but just tell us a little bit about working with Patrick Mahomes, what that relationship's been like, and, and what he's done for this team in the city. Uh, he's a beautiful kid. He's a great kid that works hard. He comes early and he stays late. He's a humble, hardworking individual that understands what it takes you know, to be the best that he can be because of his family. He had an opportunity to watch his dad play, you know, in the major leagues and play baseball. And the thing that I appreciate about Pat more than anything is that you can coach him hard, okay? And then he wants to be coached. He wants to know all the little things that he can improve his game upon. And so those are the type of kids that you want to work with. Those are the type of people that you want in your building to help you to be placed in this situation. When he makes a play like he did at the end of the half against the Titans, where he even said to himself, I knew he had 14 seconds on the clock and two timeouts, so I didn't step out of bounds. I decided to go for those extra. Does he still surprise you? You know what? That, that didn't surprise me at all. Now, if you go back a year ago when he threw the ball with his left hand, that shocked and surprised me. You know, him taking that ball, I knew when he turned the corner, I knew what he, what he was going to do. But when he made that left-handed throw against Denver, uh, in the 2018 season, now that that was a shock and surprise. <laughs> and when people have had success against the Niners, think about like the Rams this year. It's been when they've got guys out of the pocket on those boots and stuff. And so I guess is there an element where you've got to be a bit with Pat, like you do your thing. Here's a play, but you know what? You do your thing if you need to. Uh, we're pretty structured in what we do. <laughs> and, and you know, Pat, uh, he'll have a tendency to do some things. But I will say this: these guys have worked their tails off. You know, I want them to enjoy this moment in time, take this all in, but also understand the importance of why we're here. You know, yes, you're going to play in one of the greatest games that you've ever played in, but also make sure you make the very most of this opportunity. And let's make sure we finish it the right way. I promise, last question from me. Somebody mentioned you played in a Super Bowl in the past. You've got guys like Coach Reed and, and Steve Spagnuolo have that experience as well. How different is all of this madness versus when you were playing oh it's grown <laughs> over the past 25 years it's grown and I, I will say this it's the only thing it's doing is just bringing more publicity to the league It's bringing more publicity to these players everybody's getting to see who they are underneath the helmet and getting to really experience and, and find out you know what these guys are good guys you know what I mean they work hard at their trade they their family guys are guys that love to come to work they're guys that love to work for each other but when it's all said and done with they're just Guys who are striving to be the very best that they can be in life. Well, now I feel inspired. Coach, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Here with 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala. First of all, as a guy who came through coaching the hard way by, like, working your way up, what's it like for you today to see all of this going on around you? Uh, you know what? It's fun. It's fun for the fans. It's fun for the players. You know, they deserve all of, all of this, and uh, it's really just exciting. How fun is it for you getting to work with the amount of talent that you've got on that defense? You, you know what, I always argue that with, with players, they're, they're, the talent level is always so minuscule. It's getting, it's, it's the fact that these guys love, genuinely love one another, they play for one another, and they feed off one another. That kind of takes them to that next level of play. And uh, 
And this group is special. They worked their tails off. They put in the work, and uh, and I'm excited to see them, you know, kind of benefit from all this. And now we just got to play one more game and see if we can get it done. You know, well, fingers crossed for you. A good, young, exciting unit. But you, you know, in the last couple of years, added some leadership in Richard Sherman in particular. What's he brought to this room, particularly for you as a coach, oh, yeah. and his experience coming out of Seattle, where you work with him? For sure, Sherm. You know, obviously in his his uh, youthful age, uh, has become very wise. You know, he's. Uh, he has taken the voice of the locker room and his power is a, is a, uh, uh, a strength in the locker room with his voice and he's really used it for good. Uh, he's been a positive light. He's been, he's been a shoulder that uh, people can lean on and uh, even for me, man, he's, he's been a, an unbelievable leader, not only for players but coaches and I, I can't speak enough of him. So. There's one incident I want to ask you about in particular that we heard about. After the divisional round game, Akilo gives up that touchdown in the first drive. You bring Emmanuel Mosley in and in his place. There's a story that came out that Witherspoon came to you guys and said, give me all of Mosley's special team snaps. I want him to be fresh for defense. Firstly, is that true? And secondly, what does that say about that unit? Yeah, that, but it, it is true. Uh, Witherspoon is one of the most selfless human beings I've been around. And, and just like the rest of these guys, they just want to win. And they want to do everything they can to help win football games. And that's why this, uh, you know, starting with John and Kyle and the leadership that they provided over these last two years has kind of taken, taken on a life of its own with the players. And they've, they've really bought in and, and they understand that, you know, there's an old saying, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. And this is the most tight unit that, uh, that we've been around in a long time. So it's, it's a special group. And Witherspoon is ex- exceptionally uh, special. You've been around this kind of environment when you were in Seattle. What did you learn from that experience that you can bring to this week? Uh, you know, it's uh, not to make it a Catalina wine mixer. You got here for a reason. Uh, stay focused. Do the best you can. Whatever the result is, the result becomes. So. I mean, that's fine. That's a, good, that's, that's a great <laughs> message to be sending to oh, the guys. Yeah. Tell me a bit about your relationship with Kyle Shanahan because it feels a little bit... Like, you're so calm now considering how hyped we see you on the sideline. But from what I understand, you guys are a bit of kind of yin and yang when it comes to that stuff. Um, you know what? He, um, he's a lot more intense than I am. He hides it, <laughs> he hides it a lot better than I do. Um, but uh, Kyle, is, uh, he's a special human being um, in every sense of the word. And uh, his, his drive to be the best, the uh, way he communicates with his staff, the way he pushes us to go further than what we're capable of, and not only coaches but players... Uh, he's a special human, and, and we're all privileged to be working for him. And I'd be remiss not to ask you about the opposition this weekend, particularly Patrick Mahomes. I mean, a lot of weapons and a lot of excitement on that offense, but particularly, how do you prepare for a guy that seemingly you can't prepare for? You know, you just uh, we, we, we've been able to play some mobile quarterbacks, but he's special. He, he is very, very special. His arm strength, his accuracy, the speed that he has at his disposal with the receivers and the uh, skill players. So it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a big-time challenge. And finally, at the same time, they do like to just leave five guys in, not bring any extra blockers, any chipping or anything. You've got to be excited for the ideas of your four up front, getting some one-on-one matchups on that line. You know, it's. Uh, I, I'd like to say so, but th- I'll be honest with you. Like, You can have all the skill players you want. You can have the best running back in football. You can have the best quarterback in football. But if you can't protect them... You can't play, and that all line has been protecting them all year. They're a fantastic offensive line. They work very, very well together. So our front four has got a cha- uh, big-time challenge ahead of them for sure. Well, good luck. Enjoy this week, Thank and good luck so for the much. weekend. Thank you so Appreciate much. It. Hazel Irvin here, and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds, where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off. Taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park, it's Daphne from Accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. 
Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sportrelief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. You're listening to The Gridiron Show, brought to you this Super Bowl week by Curry's PC World and the new GoPro Hero 8 black action camera, the most versatile, unshakable hero camera ever. And genuinely, we've been using them around radio. Unshakable, uh, accurate. And they were absolutely fantastic. Some of the footage that these guys have got, where they've been out doing like cycling and going on the beach and everything else, some of the videos that are going to come out this week are fantastic. Uh, a streamlined design makes it more pocketable than ever, and yeah. swapping mounts takes just a second, thanks to built-in folding fingers, which genuinely, I've got an older GoPro, and the fact that you have to like unscrew it and plug it in and screw it back in again. Yeah. I'm so glad they fixed that. So Wonderful good. work from GoPro. Uh, <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, let's have a couple more interviews from, uh, from opening night. Let's hear from Bashard Bashar Breland. I always thought there was an R in his first name. It's Bashar Breland, not Rashad, which I... I know, well, I've spelled it multiple times, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot you do writing in that. <laughs> I just talk with my we mouth. Know, we know your spelling work. <laughs> Are you saying that there's a problem with my grammar? Yeah. Oh, OK. Uh, Bashar Breland and uh, coach Wesley Wilk. OK, so we're here with Bashar Breland, cornerback of the Kansas City Chiefs. First of all, man... Chiefs in the first Super Bowl for 50 years. How much are you feeling the weight of that city on you guys this week? Uh, you know, I mean, they, they let us know it every day. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it means to a lot of uh, folks back back home uh, for, for us to re- really get to this point. Uh, you know what I'm saying? When we overcame the, the, the Martin Hunt trophy uh, that, that we, we wanted to bring back for, for the, Hunt, um, the Hunt family. Uh, and the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? The feelings are raising high. And, and the city right behind us, and we're trying to do everything we can do to bring it back home to them. What do you make of all of this going on on opening night. The fans, 3,000 media, yeah. like crazy. Man, it's different. You know what I mean? Different, but I can get, I can get down with it. A little bit different to being in Missouri at yeah. your locker with five guys chatting to you, right? Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? I ain't, not in here a whole room where everybody got a camera ready to ask you some questions, but you know what I mean? I can, I can get jiggy with this. Tell us a little bit about your defense in the second half of the year. It felt really picked up once Steve Spagnuolo's system started to, to kind of I guess as you guys got to grip with it. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was new defense. Uh, a lot of different players uh, coming in as well. Got to learn how to how to play with each other. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But, but throughout the year, you know what I'm saying? Once we start holding in on the little things, the aspect of the defense, uh, everybody started gelling together. We had a lot of injuries that really prolonged it a little bit. But once everybody got healthy and was able to really be out there and get this gain experience and chemistry with each other, the defense was, was starting to pick up. You, you saw tremendous strides. Tell us a little bit more about what Tyron Matthews done for that. Oh, man, man, man. Yeah, he's done a lot, man. It's a mentality. You know what I mean? Like, his man, his lifestyle is a mentality for a lot of people. You know what I mean? And when, when you got a guy of that nature, he's only going to feed off of everybody else and he's going to bring everybody with him. 
you know what I mean? And the type of guy that he is, he loves bringing people along with him. Like, he pulls us every day to try to get us to the, you know what I'm saying, to the level that we need to win championship football. You guys don't have many players on the roster with experience here, but guys like Coach Bagnola, guys like Coach Andy Reid, they've been here, they know what this environment's like. What's been their message to you over the last seven or eight yeah, days? Yeah, just, just, just take it all in, you know what I'm saying? Enjoy it, take it all in, and, and, and don't peak too soon, you know what I mean? Like, just, just stay, stay calm, and when that moment comes, then, then, then we're going to unleash. When you say you're going to unleash, we going boom. Are you ready to get involved in run support? If yeah, they start getting involved, in, you have to get in there and get in the box because hey, those hey, Niners love to get physical. Hey, as Tyron Matthew would say, man, I'm going to down the field with my guys. You know what I mean? If I got to be in there on that run fit, I'm going to get in there in the run fit. If I got to run 50 yards down the field to stop a guy from throwing a touchdown, I'm going to do, do that as well. Uh, it, 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 all hands on deck. Do you ever, when you're on the sideline watching Pat Mahomes and the offense work, just think to yourselves, can we not just have like a 12, 15 play, 7 minute drive so we can have a bit of a rest? Because they seem to go out there, score in 2 minutes, then you've got to get back out. Yeah, man, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like when you're a secondary guy, like, you, you don't see it that way. <laughs> like, when they go out there and score like that, you, you expect them to go out there and score fast and then put the pressure on the offense to have to come out and throw it at us so we can go out and get picks. Uh, so we, we love it when, when, when they throw balls and make the other team want to do the same thing. Uh, so, so we embrace it. And tell us a little bit about a guy who undoubtedly is going to be a star of this whole week in this Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, oh, what yeah. he's like. Man, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great individual. Uh, not only as a play, play, player, but a person as well. You know what I mean? Like, like he's, a, he's a leader. You know what I mean? He got strong char character. And he, he's just an awesome player. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's nothing that he can't do. And I mentioned about what Coach Reed has done here before. He's the head coach with the most wins in NFL history, but without a ring. Do you guys feel any, you know... Nah, we, do you want to do it for him? Yeah, we feel like we owe this to him. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, like you know, and sometimes you, you overdue. Uh, well, his rent is due. You know what I'm saying? It's time for him to go get what, get what he's owed. Uh, you know what I mean? He's the most, most winningest coach. You know what I'm saying? He, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, and it's time for him to really get that, that recognition that he needs, that he deserves. Well, Bashad, best of luck. Enjoy this week. Take it in like you say. And, yeah, well, good luck on Sunday. I yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, man. Appreciate Thanks. it. Coach, can I just ask you about the selflessness of this group, the willingness to throw blocks from, from all 11 men, seemingly? Right. No, absolutely. It's a team sport. And, um, you know, it's one of the big parts of why we're here in this position is because of the selflessness, selflessness of the guys and uh, across the board and, and understanding it's just about winning. One guy in particular I want to ask about, Debo Samuel, what you saw in him way back 12 months ago at the Senior Bowl and, and how he's developed this year. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we knew he was tough. And, um, you know, he's really proved that this year. Um, you know, obviously he has great size, great speed, great hands, all those different things. Um, you know, the, the main thing for him was just, you know, understanding of playing every single play and then uh, really working on his routes. And he's really uh, honed into that and, and has worked his tail off at it. And every single week he just gets better and better and, and more consistent player. And how important has Emmanuel Sanders been to that development, not just of him, but the whole receiver's room? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I can sit there and tell him over and over again, you know, hey, do this, do that, hey, be a pro, do this, you know, but until somebody's there actually showing you, you don't really know. So having Emmanuel there to, to really kind of show him, you know, how to be a pro, how to prepare, how to uh, practice, how to play, all these different things, and, and uh, it's been huge for us. And the last one from me, I talked about selflessness at the beginning. We've seen other receivers in the league unhappy when they're not getting targets, when they're not getting receptions. What's it like coaching a room like that 
when you're only throwing eight or 15 times a game like you have been recently? Um, yeah, you know, you're always thinking that you're going to have to deal with some egos or something like that. But, you know, our, our group's so cool and, and understanding that, you know, we're just trying to win games. And um, at the end of the day, um, we're here at the Super Bowl and, and we got a chance to win it. And that's all you can ask for. And that, a lot of that has to do with everybody buying in to whatever we have to do that week to win the game. Best of luck for this weekend. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I would say that Wesley Welker was the least open and chatty out of all of the people that we... You can't knock to. the period out of him, can you? Although Welker, to be fair, over his career with the periods and after the periods, was the one guy who broke free from the mould, wasn't he? You know, the Rex Ryan stuff yeah, and everything yeah. else. I mean, he was, he was good because he gave very straight answers, very forward answers. Like, the wide receiver room, I think, is... There's that idea of them being incredibly unselfish in the blocking, what Debo Samuels brought to the team, what Emmanuel Sanders brought to the team, and he was really good on all of that, but it was very straight-laced. It was like, you yeah. know, it wasn't... Sometimes with these opening night interviews, because you're in that environment, people cut loose a little bit and have a bit more yeah. fun with it, because they're just like, this is silly, we're just going to have some fun. He was very much business. Disappointing that you didn't ask Robert Sala whether he thought he could coordinate a good defence without easily the best collection of talent in the league. I asked him about talent, and he said, I always think talent is just a minuscule part of what makes it a good Yeah, how about you do, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> He's, and he just merely pointed out that it's about mentality more than anything else and the culture that they bred in San Francisco. And I asked him about the story we've, we've talked about a couple of times on the show about... Um, the Emmanuel Mosley substitution in the divisional round game uh, and um, uh, how Akilah Witherspoon went to those guys and said, all right, if I'm not playing defense, give me all of Mosley's snaps on special teams. I want them to be fresh for the defense. And he was like, firstly, yes, that story's true. And B, and kind of gave a really good answer on it. He didn't say firstly and B, because that makes him a terrible human being. I mean, have, the listeners have, have already listened. heard all of this. Oh, yeah, they have, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Uh, You're just explaining it to Sherry, who hasn't heard it yet. <laughs> which is great. I, I mean, mean, that is because he called me out for asking a question, for not asking a question, which I did ask. Don't give me that face. He's a great coordinator, and you need to calm down. Sherry's convinced that it's all talent and got nothing to do with the scheme or anything. He's added... The, to, yeah, you, you, to be fair, the defence looked great the previous two years. He's added some great wrinkles to that previous kind of Seahawks defense he came through. And they do a lot more disguising. He brings a lot more blitzes. And even though they're one of the lowest blitzing teams in the league, they still do more than they used to do in that Seahawks system. I I think he's great. And crucially, they've stayed fit. The last couple of years, you would lose a load of people from the defensive backfield. I remember Tart, who's one of my favorite players. uh, he, He goes out and then another person comes in, but then they go out. This year... Pretty much. I know Quan Alexander missed a little bit I of mean, time. I mean, Tart missed a bit of time as well, and but, Ford. But pretty much, the, the core is there, but also... Well, I think they're just so deep. But also, I, mean, I was going to say, yeah. But it doesn't matter because they are, they are just so, so deep. And getting, mean, getting, having the really early bye and then getting the, the bye week was, was massive for that defence. And I'm really excited to see what they do with two weeks to prepare to go up against an offensive line. And, and I talked to both, uh, as people will have already heard, the enemy and Salah about this, that the Chiefs tend to 
just keep the five linemen in and block with them. They don't chip very much. They don't put extra blockers in. They don't use the running backs to block because they, you know, guys like Travis Kelsey and Damian Williams, you want to be using as offensive weapons. And, you know, Pat Mahomes can get outside the pocket. But I'm going to be really interested to see if they stick to that system on Sunday because the fact is, is that if you play like that, you can double team one guy of the four, which means that three guys... Yeah. You double I mean, team Nick Bosa and it's, you're giving one-on-ones to three great players. It's essentially the concept that was the great Sean Turf. You know, that's what Mike Martz did. He never, ever left guys into block because it was just one less player to, to try and get open. And the theory is that somebody will get open so quickly that it'll be irrelevant if there's a pass rush. So, And that's what Andy Reid does with the added positive of Pat Mahomes is very difficult to bring down even if you get there. You know, he's got that elusiveness. So The enemy on Mahomes was lovely, by the way. Wasn't yeah. yeah. Genuine admiration for that young man from his coach. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, I think there's admiration across the board for Mahomes. And it, even I, on, I would say reverential yeah, is yeah. the way he's spoken of. And I, and I include, again, you know, Cam Haywood. That's also how the 49ers spoke about him. That's, that's their opposition yeah. in today's times. And they're talking about him like, you know, he's one of their own. He is the single most talented player I've ever seen at any position at this stage of his career. He's just a joke, isn't he? I mean, an mm. absolute joke. And, and I look at him even against good defence. I mean, the, the Patriots by the playoffs last year had a great defence. And... Yes, they were helped by some short fields in that AFC title game, but still, having scored zero points in the first half, it was, it was 30 and a half. We're going to break down a lot more of this over the course of the week. We've got loads of great interviews coming up over the coming days as well, so we'll have a lot more for you on the podcast as that all comes up. Uh, is there anything else we need to cover tonight, boys? Good silence. That's exactly what I wanted to hear, so I can go ahead and get editing this thing. Just a reminder, because uh, we were working with uh, Curry's PC World and GoPro, we are giving away, or they are giving away, we're just the conduit for this competition, a seven-day trip here to Miami, Florida, including flights, four-star hotel, accommodation, transfers, the whole lot in South Beach for two. Uh, if you buy a GoPro from Curry's PC World online, or in store before the 3rd of February, which is the day after the Super Bowl, or on the 3rd of February, then you can enter at curries.co.uk forward slash Super Bowl. Availability and all the terms and conditions are all there, but it's an amazing prize, and you get to own a cracking piece of tech as well. So well worth checking out. Ollie, any final thoughts? Do you know what? I do have a final thought. We don't have Grimble here this year, so uh, this has got a lot to live up to. Well, today, I've I've seen... I don't know, seven or eight people in Lakers gear. So I saw a Kobe Bryant number eight jersey, one of the ones that's been retired. Um, I guess it's almost remiss of us. I know it's a different sport, but it'd be remiss of us not to mention Kobe passing away. We found out as soon as we landed yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, it was weird. It was a weird, weird feeling. And Radio Row was really somber for the majority of today. Normally there's a lot of uh, a lot of excitement and a, a, oh, everyone's come from across the country, across the world. And it, it, it was less, it wasn't like that at all. At all. And um, I, 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 it's, it's just, a, it's a, a sad time for US sport. It's a sad time for sport. Really. I genuinely, I thought about raising it at the top of the show and, and kind of swerved away from it there. 
because you know that, that people come to us for NFL nonsense. But I think you're absolutely right to, to mention it because when we did our um, our show, our live show on Radio Road today, and we ended up doing the first 15 minutes on it and just talking about it in some depth. And and you know, he's a guy who transcended sport. You talked about seeing him at the 2012 Olympics, Matt. I talked about going out to see him in Los Angeles with the Lakers and. Guy that you may not have liked him as a player, particularly if he wasn't playing for your team, but you respected the hell out of him as a competitor. And he became a lot more likable in his persona after his career once that competitive edge kind of dropped away. And it's the, the situation in which he passed away is, is devastating. Being a father and and taking his daughter to, see, to another basketball game after there were those great videos from last week. So yeah. really, really, really devastating. Really, really sad and and. Amazing to see how the reaction here was from Radio Row. Yeah, completely. I mean, and and I just think, I think one of the rare few athletes who you put it at the top level, and and what I find interesting is what binds them together ultimately is that obscene competitiveness. You know, the stories of like when we've talked to people about Brady and. You do it with you look at Ronaldo, and he's in that level, isn't he? He's, mm-hmm. on, he's on that level of maybe ten sportsmen in the last two decades. You know, Michael Jordan, LeBron, in his own sport, Tiger Woods, and then the thing that carries them all together is that obscene, obscene competitive edge. So, yeah, just just a, an awful story, and 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 very weird to be over here, here for it. It feels almost like a, a nation is in. Is in mourning a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's it's been a very odd vibe, and interesting to see if that kind of dissipates a bit as the week goes I on. Think but I, I, get the feeling, I get the feeling it'll hover over it a little while. Really, longer. I think it might. I think it might dissipate. Um, I heard people talk asking players about it during opening night tonight, and I think that'll be it for that. Though I don't, I don't think it'll be a, an all week topic in terms of interviews with players. But I think on, I think we'll hear a lot more about it still over. Of the cost of the week on Radio Row. All right, guys. Well, that was the note to end on. Tomorrow's the media party, so the podcast might be out a little earlier because we'll probably do it beforehand because doing it during or after is a terrible, terrible idea. We'll probably do it in a place where we're drinking. Oh, yeah. The heat as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly where we Especially if we bring the these little tomorrow. bad boys with us. <laughs> Ollie loving the lavalier mic yeah. uh, as always get in touch with us at UK Gridiron on Instagram Gridiron on Twitter brilliant content going up there the boys working on the video stuff are doing a sterling job this week uh, and more information on the GoPro competition and the, uh, and the terms and conditions as I was just saying online uh, we've had the final thoughts so that's just for us to sign off thank you for listening this has been The Gridiron Show brought to you this Super Bowl week by Curry's PC Worlds and GoPro